Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. All right, so welcome to Charlie's Toolbox. Today, we have a new series called Women Centering Themselves. This series highlights women worldwide working working diligently to seek what they want out of life and carve out their own paths. So I chose women from various backgrounds, age groups, and fields to show you models of women choosing themselves. Today we have the brilliant Shelby Ivy Christie, an American fashion and costume historian. She specializes in the contribution of the Black designers. She was a 2021 Forbes 30 Under 30 honoree. Shelby Ivy Christie is best known for writing Twitter threads about specific moments or people in fashion history. So with this beautiful bio, I like to always start my interviews off with this question. How does it feel to be you? Um, so, hey, everyone, Charlie, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, I just want to preface by I love your platform. I love you and what you stand for. Thank you for always starting the important conversations. I think this is a really important space for women of all ages. So thank you for that. Um, and I will answer the question. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Like to be me. It feels quite chaotic sometimes, honestly. <laughs> um, I have ADHD and I struggle mm-hmm. with anxiety. So a lot of it is worry. Um, mm-hmm. have coping mechanisms and boundaries with myself to manage, but to be quite transparent, sometimes it can feel chaotic. I wear several different hats. As you mm-hmm. stated, I'm a fashion and costume historian. In my nine to five, I still work in luxury fashion. So I am a brand and marketing uh, manager. So I still mm-hmm. work nine to five. Um, and then I also have my own team of management and agents, literary agents, producers, um, who I'm also interfacing with and in my own projects. So I'm also switching oh, wow. that's, um, throughout the day. Uh, so it can feel quite chaotic, but all in all, it feels good. Um, it feels good. The chaos is balanced and outweighed by all the good. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes. Wow. And so I'm also one who struggles with, well, I have ADHD as well, and I mm-hmm. struggle with trying to balance everything. Um, so it's, great to kind of have someone who seems to like have all these you know all of these hats all these things going on and they're still finding some time for themselves and they're still finding some time to like reach some of their own goals and personal um interest that they're interested in so my community they always they're always asking the question of you know how to center myself what is it what are the steps Um, but they're not necessarily sure what the process is. And I often tell them to follow their gut or follow their heart, but I am curious to know for you, what does that look like and what does that feel like? What does it feel like to follow your intuition or to take a leap of faith um, on a project that you're interested in? For me, I'm always checking in to see if it's getting me to a goal that I've set for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's work related, like if it's work, I'm always tracking to a goal. Like, is this ask going to have a halo effect and help me get a step closer to what I'm trying to achieve? And I'm mm-hmm. always doing that check in. Um, 
a lesson that I learned early on, actually, when I worked at Vogue, something that Anna Wintour imprints into her team is the power of no. And what that meant was mm -hmm. discernment. Um, don't be afraid to use the word no. When you say yes to something, it should be absolutely something you want to do. It should be something that you're excited about or something that's going to be helping get you to where you're trying to go execute your vision. So I am very careful about my yeses when it mm -hmm. comes to work in my personal life. Um, it's a feeling. It, I also have boundaries around my personal life, which I know we'll get into, um, mm -hmm. but always checking in with myself about, you know, am I going to regret this um, decision on the other side? Am I going to be able to be comfortable with this three days from now or a week from now or a month from now mm -hmm. are kind of how I check in with myself um, to make sure that I'm centering myself and really doing what I want to do. Of course, in personal relationships, there are compromise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm never, I never try to be too rigid. I'm still learning in that. Um, but yeah, I try to be flexible, at least on the personal side, to make sure that at least whoever I'm in relationship with is also having their need met. And they're not coming outside of their self to give me a yes either. I try to be respectful of that. Mm -hmm. um, that's really how I check in. I like that. I like that a lot. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious to know, like, um, so you talk about your, your gut and you talk about your goal. So when, what happens when those two things oppose? So say for instance, instance, this is a great goal, but deep down inside your gut is not really feeling it. Um, do you keep going or because it may be anxiety or do you kind of take a break to stop? Like, how do you process those conflicting feelings? I think in my younger years, I would have just kept going for the sake mm -hmm. of getting to where I wanted to be, which now at 31, I know that that probably isn't what's best for one's self-esteem and like personal development as a woman, mm -hmm. and probably mm -hmm. positive for my career. And I was very career driven um, early on in my young adult life. Now I'm definitely more discerning. If I have that gut feeling, sometimes it's not a, I describe it as a dimmer switch for me. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it's completely turning it off. It means it has to be dimmed, which means it has to be adjusted to suit me. So mm -hmm. it might be one of those instances where it's not a yes to the initial ask. That ask now has to be tailored to, to what makes me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't need to always be a stark no or a stark yes. Sometimes it's on the sliding scale and you just need to tailor it, clean it up, get it to a place where you feel comfortable enough because you need to check in with your gut and check in with yourself. Um, is your gut telling you no because there's um, a condition that you're not comfortable mm -hmm. with, right? Like in work, if I'm being commissioned to do content, is my gut not, is my gut okay with the ask, the brand doing the content? Sure. Mm -hmm. Is there something in the usage? Is a year's worth of usage worth 1K? No. Mm. My gut might be like, it's not a no to the project. It's a no to this particular ask within it. Um, and it's like that in my personal life too. Mm -hmm. I have a boyfriend. Something we discuss openly is our boundaries. And something we've been discussing lately is about our boundaries. And even mm -hmm. though it's give and take. And I have to check in with my gut about like, okay, you know, Maybe this isn't a, you know, it's not malicious. Mm -hmm. um, where can we meet in the middle? Um, if my gut is like, mm, I don't, you know, is my boyfriend trying to trick me into going out at nine o'clock because he 
you know, ups, you know, just hasn't managed his time well all day. Should I come out of my house at nine o'clock versus seven? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You have to be able to assess like what the intent is, or at the time, just get away from him. He's a single dad, full time dad. She mm-hmm. extends some grace, so it's kind of just a sliding scale for me, like a dimmer switch in a situation where the ask might be exactly what I want to do, but there might be components that aren't in my gut is kicking in. I'm going to try to scale it to at least tailor it um, to to make it more comfortable for me and more yeah. comfortable for me to say yes. I like that. I like that a lot, and. When, you know, in those situations, you're going to have times where you're going to have to articulate your no. And I know that there's a lot of fear behind that. And the question that I have for you is, you know, how do you gain that confidence to establish your boundaries, to tell them, I can do this, but I cannot do this without fearing like, oh, I'm going to lose this opportunity or I might ruffle someone's feathers. What how do you get out of that mindset and and what is the what inspires that confidence i think it's two part some of it is trial and error it's mm-hmm. some of it is you've said i've said yes to things that i've wanted to say no to and then you get to the other side and you talk to somebody else and they're like oh girl you could have asked for this number mm. I worked with a creator who was able to do this, or don't you know so-and-so in the the other department got promoted in her first year, or, you know, it takes for you to um, take less than you deserve a few times. Mm -hmm. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh no, never again. Right. So some of it is fueled by that, like saying yes to things that I felt like maybe I shouldn't have, but I went along with it. And then on the other side, I'm like, I definitely could have pushed back on this or that. Mm -hmm. The other part of it is, I think, confidence um feeling like things that are for me are for me and nothing is a missed opportunity Mm -hmm. feeling you know resting in that i whatever god has for me is mine and yes there are ways that we can get in our own way but not really because if it's for you and it has your name on it he's going to get it to you in another way and Mm -hmm. i've learned that just through in my early 20s i was a college dropout um, mm-hmm. I went to community college before going back to college. Like I did everything super untraditionally and still was able to get to these milestones that most adults would consider, you know, pretty successful. Right. Um, and so I don't really believe and buy into a lot of like fear, um, mm-hmm. fear mongering that older adults have put into us about like missed opportunity or you don't want mm-hmm. this you're difficult or, you know, I don't really function from a place of fear. It's more so confident to knowing this is what I have to offer. It's worth this. If someone can't concede or meet me here, then we are not meant to be partnered right now. Right. You know, let's revisit it in a year. And that happens. Like sometimes it's it's a no to this ask, come back, Mm -hmm. have a budget, or let's revisit it at a later date when it's more aligned for me and my team and what we're trying to do. Um, Sometimes it's not like a forever no. So I think that gives me some comfort too. Yeah, I, I like I know I'm saying like I like that, but I really do like the things that you're saying because, you know, we are often instilled, especially if you're a black woman, like hurry up and take the opportunity. You may never you may never get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be crippling sometimes and that can kind of lead you astray to you know some of the things that you planned out for yourself or it could make you um, turn against your own values or your own goals. So um, when you are thinking about 
your life and you're thinking about, you know, some of your goals, what are those internal and external boundaries that you set for yourself and for others? Um, I know for me, there are certain internal boundaries that I have for myself just to make sure that I am functioning how I want to function in the world. Um, and there are also some boundaries that are external that how I want people to treat me. Um, so I'm curious to know what that is for you in maybe a romantic and a non-romantic setting. Yeah. So in a romantic setting, um, boundaries look like for me, self-advocating, mm-hmm. um, is something that my boyfriend and I have discussed frequently, um, because he's not a great self-advocator. He's, mm-hmm. he's exercising that muscle. He's a very selfless person, which means he takes on everybody's everything. And then there's no room left for himself. And mm-hmm. then he has a moment where he'll just like either completely shut down. Like everyone leave me the hell alone. I need to be in my room and be in the dark and like shut down. And I was talking to him about like, you have to self-advocate or he'll go along with a lot of things that I want to do that he may not necessarily be interested in. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's your time to say like, no, I don't want to do that. So I know right. girls. <laughs> Or, yes, I'll do that, but can we do something that I want to do after? So I was mm-hmm. having that conversation with him, which helped me to understand that I am a really good self-advocate. Like, I would tell him, no, I don't want to eat there. No, I don't want to do that. Or, mm, we can watch it, but then can we watch my show after? Or right. <laughs> negotiator on behalf of myself. Mm-hmm. So that always shows up in my um, relationships, even with family. Like, um, me and my mom have a very, we had a very tough relationship. We're pretty good now it was mm-hmm. because I had to set a boundary <laughs> but even oh, in that, I know about that <laughs> um you know boundaries I don't stay at my mom's house when I go home to visit I have one of those mothers who's like when you're in my house you need to follow xyz rules and I'm mm-hmm. like okay well then that's an easy fix because <laughs> myself, like different than how you govern yourself and I respect you as a woman and this mm-hmm. is your house so that means I just will not stay here not that right. I will let you bully me into whatever behavior you want me to do in your space. Right. So, hotel it is. <laughs> exactly. So mm. I do try to self-advocate in what, in my motto is like, what I can control, I control. Mm. So I can't always control how someone is going to show up or talk to me or treat me, but I can control what's in my control, which mm-hmm. is what I accept, how I choose to respond, how I show mm-hmm. up. Um, an external version of that in my professional life is my motto, no response is a response. Mm. Um, I I won't respond about very many things. Like I see things on the timeline, you know, I'll cackle in the group chat with the dog, but not everything requires a external facing response. That's my Mm. Um, Because I don't also want to absorb everyone else's opinions. Right. Um, thoughts and everything about what what I say. I can tweet something and this is not in an arrogant way. I will tweet something trying to kiki and laugh and it'll be on the news the next day. Yeah. I mean, you have a huge platform and people revere you. So that makes sense. Yes. So that is an external boundary that I've said. Like, no is a response. No response is an answer. Mm -hmm. And So that's kind of an external workish boundary um, that I've set for myself. (laughs) Yeah. What is it? What did Oprah say? No is a complete sentence. <laughs> like you don't have to say anything else. That's just it. Yes. So for romantic relationships, um, a lot of the girls are entering into these new relationships. And 
we all have, you know, past. We all have a past. We all have things that we've gone through. And when you're entering a new relationship, sometimes you can get triggered. How do you handle your own stuff and not kind of put that on someone else? How do you work through that? Or how do you articulate that to your partner? Um, I see my own therapist and I have mm-hmm. for some time. So I try to work through it there. But I'm definitely guilty of putting it on him and mm-hmm. not in a way that I was necessarily aware of until I met him. It's funny because I spent a long time single and I was like, oh, yeah, I did my work. I go to therapy. Then you get in a relationship and it's like a mirror. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. The real work is really unpacked and done mm-hmm. in relationship with him because mm-hmm. there will be a sore spot we'll hit in a discussion and I wouldn't even know that it was a sore spot. I thought that that was healed. I didn't think, I thought I worked on my temper and my anger until we get into a, a disagreement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, my voice is up five octaves, you know, right. <laughs> you don't know until you're in it. So I think I'm still learning how to do mm-hmm. that, how not to mm-hmm. make it his issue. Um, but at least for me, I try to go to therapy. Um, you know, I try to manage it. When he gives me feedback, I try to really absorb it even if it's not in that moment, you know, take it away and discuss it in therapy or unpack it with my friends or get a second opinion from, mm-hmm. from someone who I know is wise and who I can trust. Um, but that's kind of how I try to, to mitigate some of that. But some of it is just, I'll, like I said, I'll be honest and transparent. I got into a relationship and it was like a mirror. There were so many pockets of things that just I would not have learned that I were still sore spots or that I still needed to do a little bit more work on if mm-hmm. I had been in relationship. Yeah. And it's crazy when you are in relationships like that. It Well, for me, it helps me reflect on grace. And like, sometimes I am not as gracious as other people are to me. So it just has, it makes me reflect on myself and just kind of be like, okay, you need to do more work on grace and and extending people grace because there are moments where you fuck up and you look terrible and you, you know, uh, bring in a lot of chaos and people are gracious towards you. So you need to learn how to kind of increase that muscle with others. No, same, same. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, I get it. it. It's funny how um, uh, I had the same situation in a past relationship where I was just like, oh my God, I'm done with, not done with all my work, but I've done so much work. I've been in therapy. Then I got a relationship. And I was like, oh, I'm a lot more tender than I thought I was. Um, I got <laughs> I to work on this. I got to work on it for myself, but I also have to work on it for my partner because I want to make this relationship work and I want to make sure that it's a positive and healthy dynamic. So I definitely get what you mean when you're talking about, you know, relationships are a mirror. And when when you are looking for, you know, um, advice when it comes to your relationship or your career and you are reaching out to your community, what traits are you looking for before you even come to them? Like, what do you say, hmm, this friend is a good person that I can reach out to them about this? And what is it about them that makes you feel comfortable to reach out to them about that specific advice? Yeah, so luckily I've been blessed to have a good, strong community of women like mm-hmm. who will keep it real with you, who come from all different walks of life 
Um, I think for me, for my probably 10 or 12, like, girlfriends in my circle, mm-hmm. um, they've all had disappointments. They've all had relationships that worked, that didn't work. Some of them are new mothers. Some of mm-hmm. us are mothers. Um, some of us live with our spouses. Some of us do not. So I, it depends on, like, what the issue is. You know, if I'm like, okay... Me and my boyfriend um, got an argument. He said this one thing I said was really hurtful. Is this really hurtful? That's something I can ask the whole group chat. Mm-hmm. If it's something that's like, you know, he's a, he's a single full-time dad. If it's something to do with like, do I need to be understanding about this scheduling thing? Mm-hmm. I might go to my friends who are parents or maybe my, my friend who is a single parent or maybe my mom because she was mm-hmm. raising me. So she might have more perspective about like what that is like and what the lift is like. Mm-hmm. So just situational over in general i think my friend group we have a lot of empathy for each other um we have a no judgment zone we've known each other other long long enough too like some of my friends i've known them since my freshman year of college you know when someone mm-hmm. when you pass out drunk in the hallway of <laughs> dorm like it's not much else you know <laughs> right you ain't got nothing else to hide <laughs> They know you back when you were a freshman dating some chaotic frat guy on campus. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, this isn't the worst of it, dog. We've seen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what I, at least the traits that my um, village and community have. They're smart. They are varied in their life experiences. Something I think that's a common thread is all of them. In if they are mothers, they they were intentional about motherhood. Mm-hmm. They held off on motherhood. They're in their thirties mm-hmm. with their moms. Um, so motherhood was a conscious choice with their partner. Um, so I think that was really important. Um, a lot of them were career first mm-hmm. are our career first. Um, and that's like the focal point, not to say that many of them are not partnered, but they haven't done away with their entire identity and career mm-hmm. life in, to trade in for partnership. So that is something that's really important to me too. Whereas like, you know, certain aunts who their king is their world, you know not to ask them something. Right, right. That lens is different than women who are like, love my kid, love my husband, but when's the girl's trip this summer? <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And when you when you are kind of reaching out to them and you are thinking about yourself, like, especially in relationships, because you can be absorbed. There are times that you are leaning in a lot and you have to kind of catch yourself. How, how are you catching yourself? Yeah, this is a recent thing that came up in my relationship. Um, as I said, my boyfriend's a single full-time dad, so his mm-hmm. child is with him 365. You know, he goes right. to his other parent, um, you know, for school breaks and summers, and they're good co-parents, but that means that he's an always-on dad. He's a hands-on yeah. Um, And that means that at least, like I said, doing my work, going to therapy, they're like, oh, relationships are going to be 50-50. It's going to be great. You got to spend time. It's not like that. Because yeah. Parent, he has to be home and so you know something I had to advocate for myself about and set a boundary about was t- where we spend our time because I found that I was spending a lot of time at his house because mm-hmm. I was trying to accommodate and of course give him grace to be home with his child which he should definitely do definitely but then it meant that I was away from my space out of my routine I wasn't going to my trainer because my trainer is near my house and my boyfriend mm-hmm. away from me you know, just not in my routine. I didn't have all of my things. Like, you know, I'm living out of my bag that I packed to go over to his house. 
So I had to advocate and say, hey, babe, like, we got to figure out, I need you to commit to come over to my house two nights a week. Mm-hmm. That way, if push comes to shove, at least I know I'm going to be at my house these two nights. And I said, okay, these days of the week, I'm going to try to be at my house. I'm going to sleep at my house on those days. Not saying we mm-hmm. can't over those days. We can go out, we can go on a date. But if we're going to stay over somewhere, it's going to be my house. Um, yeah. I, it's, it, I'm feeling like I'm out of my element. And then it was causing strain when I was at his house because mm-hmm. I've been out of my space so long. Every little thing would agitate me at his house. And I would fuss. Mm-hmm. As, as women, that's sometimes you're, we're, I can be a fusser. It's the ADHD. Yeah. So, you know, I notice every little thing. Like, why is mm-hmm. the shirt hanging out of the hamper? And he's like, it's in the hamper. But it's the net net. (laughs) I can't have it exactly how I want. And the soft spend more time in my space where I can nitpick and control how every little thing looks. So that is definitely a recent thing that came up around like setting the boundary, advocating and like what it looks like when I have to be like, hey. I need this. Yeah. Because I mean, as much, uh, it doesn't matter how comfortable, you know, your partner makes the space nothing feels better than being at home so so i definitely understand like and and no one wants to travel or no one wants to have this big old bags that they have to carry everywhere they they're going just to kind of hang out with someone they care care about so it does make sense that you have to you know that you are advocating for yourself and that you are making sure that you're in your space and you're you're just as comfortable as he is comfortable with you know how his life is set up um when it comes to, so there are romantic boundaries and then there are non-romantic boundaries. And, you know, I, I think in particular, I am curious about this with advice. Are there boundaries that you create with your friends or are there some things that you're like, okay, I can tell them about this or this may be off limits because, you know, I want to protect, not protect my relationship, but I want to have some kind of sanctity with my relationship. I'm curious how you navigate that. Like what is on limits? What is off limits? Um, what can be discussed? What What's something that you, you know, don't think that, well, what's a boundary that you think you can create with your friendships? Yeah, I definitely think there are boundaries. I think because relationships involve a whole nother person, like you have Mm -hmm. to be mindful of their privacy and like, Mm -hmm. you know, their within reason privacy too within relationships. So if it's something where I feel like, you know, my partner wouldn't want to be harshly judged about this or something that he was super vulnerable about even telling me Mm -hmm. or has trusted me with some information about his past or whatever it may be, you know, I'm not going to go and disclose that to my friends, you know, Um, but within reason I feel like it is okay Mm -hmm. to you know be open with your friends and honest um a boundary that I I try to um at least identify at the onset of a conversation with my friend and I do with my boyfriend are do before I give it I say do you want advice or you want my support Mm -hmm. advice or do you want me to listen um are you open to advice like once Mm -hmm. they're with the vent and getting out are you open to advice because sometimes people are calling, your friend might be calling you just to like vent and let it out. Mm-hmm. In that moment, maybe the next day or the day after they'll text you and be like, okay, girl, what now what do you think I should do? But for that, right. they might just, just be trying to like, girl, you won't believe what the hell this man just did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To set a boundary with them early, not for myself, but for them to know. Let yeah. 
let me identify their boundary. Right. If they're just calling me to vent or they just need a listening ear, shoulder crown, I'm not trying to meet them with a bunch of solutions or that Mm -hmm. if that's not what they're coming to me for, I don't want to do that or I just don't want to encroach. Like if it's getting your business, I'm just trying to, (laughs) I want to make sure I mind my business. Right, right. So yeah. What about the opposite? Because I know there's been conversation on, sometimes there are conversations in the group chat and you're not necessarily supposed to bring that to your partner. What's that boundary? Like, how does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm a girl's girl. I'm a dog's Mm -hmm. dog. (laughs) Most of the time, like, he's not going to really hear about whatever goes on in the chat. Like, he's going to hear top line about, like, you know, so-and-so said they're thinking about having a second. That's Mm -hmm. You know, like, he's not. Right, right. I think there's definitely girl code, even more so in cishet women relationships, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all information, all doll info at all costs for men, even your own. Right, right. (laughs) I hear the girl code. I like that. I'm I'm the same way. Like what we discussed, then it's not going to go to my partner unless they say it's okay. (laughs) So I, we're going to have to wrap up. The conversation went, um, it, it was a very excellent conversation and I got a lot of uh, great nuggets from you and we are at our time, unfortunately. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug or um, anything that you are interested in, you know, highlighting? Not really, not yet. Um, you know, just keep up with my content. Black History Month is coming. So if you're yes. looking for a destination for Black-centered um, fashion content, please keep up with me on my social handles at bronze underscore bombshell with one L. Um, I'll be doing some activations and partnerships um, throughout Black History Month. So if you have any interest in that, um, keep up with me. I'm very social on there. So don't be afraid to have a conversation with me on there. I welcome critiques, opinions, um, whatever in, in regards to fashion and the discussions that I have. So I would love to connect um, with some new folks and talk on there. Yes. I, and I'm very excited about your threads and, you know, what new information I'm going to learn from you. So I am looking forward to that. I want to thank you so much for being transparent and just kind of giving us a glimpse into your life. Um, you are very, 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 very inspirational. And it's nice to kind of see not only the career you, but the personal you. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved the conversation. We need to grab a drink whenever we're in the same city. Yes. And have girl time. I appreciate you for um, extending your platform to me. And like I said, I'm, I'm excited to hear the rest of the series and hear what other women have to say. And yeah, I, I, I've loved talking with you. Same. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.